Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this episode, we focus on the San Antonio Food Bank, as President and CEO Eric Cooper visits with San Antonio Business Journal reporter Jeanette Garcia. In 19 years leading the food bank, Cooper and his team have built one of the nation's most successful programs. Now, the COVID-19 crisis is testing their resolve as they respond to serve those in need across San Antonio. So I know we recently featured the food bank and some of the challenges COVID-19 has brought forth, including having a drastic increase of demand, which caused a decreasing supply of food, and you all potentially starting public-private partnerships to try to gather necessary funds to supplement those deficiencies. Have you continued to see demand in food necessities swell? And how are you all doing in terms of food supply and gardening those much needed partnerships? Well, Jeanette, it's been an amazing journey, right? We've been on this for now nine weeks and most of the support has come from the private sector. That's been corporations and foundations, uh, churches, individuals really contributing to help us gain the supplies that we need to meet this unprecedented demand. Uh, 120,000 people a week are coming and we really haven't seen a relief in that. Uh, the onset was quick. We jumped from 60 to 80,000 people a week and then to 120. Uh, as the economy starts to open back up, we're praying that that might bring some relief to the number of families in our lines, but we haven't seen it yet. Uh, we want those families to know that we're here to serve them, that we have food. Uh, we've been able to now land some public support and that's been at the state level, working with the Texas Department of Emergency Management and the governor's office. Um, they've been able to get support through the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, to help us procure and buy food. So those truckloads are coming in. There's lots of federal programs that are also bringing some assistance, but it's been that public-private partnership that you talked about that's really now coming together to make sure no one goes hungry in our community. And of course, you mentioned working with the state. This is a statewide podcast that's actually broadcast through all four major Texas markets. Do you all keep in touch with other food banks across the state? We do. And so it's so great to represent one of the 21 food banks across the great state of Texas. All 254 counties are served by a food bank. Uh, and to learn more about your local food bank, you'd want to go to feedingtexas.org. You can find your local food bank where you can give financially or maybe raise food for or maybe go out and volunteer. Um, but they, like us, have had this crazy demand. It's, uh, it's a time where there's more families coming to get food from food banks than we've ever experienced uh, in this country. And so we have been so grateful for this federal and state support because that's really helped some of these smaller food banks in rural Texas um, get the supplies they need, along with the major um, urban metropolitan areas. And so um, together we're, we're sharing best practices, together we're sharing product, um, together we're, we're learning 
what's the best response in this COVID-19 crisis, but then unifying our voice when we need to educate maybe elected officials on good policy and strategy, but we're not alone. And it's great when we can see Texans helping Texans. And how often is it that you actually connect with these other food banks? Yeah, fairly regularly. I'm, I'm on a conference call every week with many of the CEOs at the other food banks. And then in, in the middle of the week, we're oftentimes coordinating maybe trucks or, or logistics um, with some of these new programs that the federal government have launched. Uh, I was sending out an email last night at 10 p.m. to to get some data from some of our food bank peers, but there's over 200 food banks in the United States. We're all a part of a national organization called Feeding America, and it really works the same. We're sharing best practices, learnings, we're doing fundraisers together. A lot of people have seen in the COVID-19 crisis, Feeding America leading on behalf of the 200 food banks. But then when we drop down to the state level, you know, 50 states across the U.S., Texas, we'd say is the best, um, and 21 Feeding America food banks in the great state of Texas that represent Feeding Texas. And together we're strong, together we're making sure that no Texan goes hungry. And what are some of those best practices that you all have shared? Yeah, so for us here at the San Antonio Food Bank, we really take a very comprehensive approach to helping families in a framework that we call food for today, food for tomorrow, and food for a lifetime. And it really starts by meeting that immediate need for food. And whether that's through one of our 500 plus partner pantries, where a family might be referred, or coming to one of our pop-up distributions like you've seen on TV where cars are driving through and getting their trunks loaded. Um, that's really meeting families' needs for today. But we wanna talk to families about their needs for tomorrow. And in this COVID-19 crisis, it's important that those families that are eligible apply for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP. Um, that can provide dollars for them to get out of our parking lots and actually get into grocery stores and be able to buy the foods that their families need. There's a new program that's being released that any listener would wanna know about if they have a child that was participating in the National School Lunch Program, NSLP. Now, if they were getting a free or reduced price lunch, they will qualify for up to $285 per child, which will cover the cost of the meals from the time school closed until school gets out um, this summer. And so, Families that are participating in SNAP will automatically receive that benefit on their Lone Star card, but those families that don't participate in SNAP but do participate in the National School Lunch Program, they'll need to go to the state's website and apply, and they'll just need to watch for a letter from their independent school district for directions on where to go and how to get that benefit. So those are just a few strategies that are for food for tomorrow. And then our food for a lifetime strategy is really about helping people gain self-sufficiency through employment. And boy, this COVID-19 crisis, it's estimated from the mayor that roughly between eight to 21% unemployment. And with that many people looking for work, we know that families are gonna need help connecting to employers um, in this interim time where maybe one industry's been impacted negatively, but one industry's been impacted positively. I uh, am blessed to have great board of directors and 
we have a, a facility in New Braunfels and the advisory board there has leadership from uh, Natural Bridge Caverns and from Amazon. And at the onset of the crisis, I had a one board member at Natural Bridge just heartbroken that they're having to furlough some of their staff. Well, another board member with Amazon that's saying we can't hire people fast enough. And so to see that exchange of, hey, maybe you're going to lend your employees to me for a little while. The good news is, is Natural Bridge Caverns has opened their doors and they're starting to ramp back up. And so they're getting their employees back. And, you know, that's what's incredible to see. And I think at the food bank, we share that that philosophy that we're not going to end hunger with a canned good. It's really about building a community of conscience. It's about people having an opportunity to have a living wage. And that holistic approach of today, tomorrow, and a lifetime is what we try to share with other food banks. And that's great to hear. And I know, obviously, that's going into the whole recovery phase of COVID-19. How long do you think the recovery phase will be? And what steps are you all taking now to prepare for that future? Yeah, so it's a super great question to ask. I think post any disaster, at what point does someone that's been a disaster victim become maybe just another person in need? And I would say that for most nonprofits, that goes to say when the financial resources run out and now you're just trying to aid the, the need that's there. The COVID-19 crisis, I think, um, has changed our economy. It's changed our community. It's going to change our way of life. And the recovery time frame, uh, it's going to be months, years. Um, and, you know, we won't fully see or understand um, the impact it's had. But in the short run, it's going to put people in a very desperate place and 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 that desperate place is where they need food and we want to be able to have the inventory and supplies to meet that demand some of these federal support programs that are coming through usda to food banks across america will start to hit our warehouse um, late summer so uh, we know that we're going to need food obviously every day and and for years to come um, but where does COVID end and another crisis begin I don't know um, but I do know that we're going to be here at the food bank to make sure that that gap is filled and that families know they could get a warm meal or a box of groceries here at the San Antonio food bank and I know a lot of experts obviously think that there might be a reemergence of COVID in the fall. Are there any lessons learned from this time around that if hopefully it doesn't happen, but if it does happen again, that you all are preparing for that next wave? Yeah, so definitely I think um, some of the, the strategies that have seen success has been our pop-up distributions and drive-throughs. We've really been able to hone that strategy to, to now serve several thousand families in just um, about an hour and a half. And you think about getting food to that many people that quickly, um, our food distributions have become incredibly efficient. 
The other side is just that federal support. Um, I mentioned the Pandemic Electronic Benefit Transfer, or PEBT. You know, if schools don't open back up, that's going to create a lot of demand on us. Um, people would always ask me during normal times or pre-COVID, like, when's the busiest time of the year at the food bank? And it's the summer. And it's the reason why the summer is because families don't get those meals for their kids at school. And that support is the largest childhood hunger initiative in the United States. And so without that going on, families are looking for support. The summertime also brings a time where many families don't have access to the childcare school provides. So they're having that additional expense. And then it takes a few hundred degree days and your utility bill starts to go through the roof. So I know this summer is going to be tough. It's going to be hard on a lot of families. Relief will come when school opens up. And if that relief isn't there because schools maybe stay closed because we start to see more cases as the virus spreads just from getting together, um, it could mean a very long fall. And um, I tell you, we're going to make sure we position our inventory so that we can meet those needs. And we're going to be here to make sure families understand the benefits they're eligible for and really hold their hand and walk them through the crisis like we're doing today and try to feed some hope that we will get through this. And on the other side, I think there's a destiny that um, could be greater than when we went through this trial if we just all, I think, come together and learn, share, and love, uh, we can get through it. Eric Cooper joining San Antonio Business Journal reporter Jeanette Garcia. In our next segment, Cooper looks to the future post-COVID-19 when Texas Business Minds continues. To support businesses hit hard right now, Texas Mutual Insurance Company is distributing $330 million in dividends to eligible policyholders two months early. Our goal is to get the money to employers when they need it most. More at TexasMutual.com slash dividends. Continuing our conversation on Texas Business Minds as San Antonio Food Bank President and CEO Eric Cooper joins reporter Jeanette Garcia to share his vision for the future. So then, beyond COVID, what's next for the food bank? Well, one thing that I wish we had in play right now is we've broken ground on our new culinary center. We we started the the, the end of 2019, and you know, boy, you know, three months into our construction process, um, COVID hit, and. You know, you all at the Business Journal covered that work, but it's really for us at the food bank and food banks across the United States, this fusion of, of the grocery store and restaurants and a kind of a concept called the grocerant. Um, many grocery stores are opening up with um, restaurants within them and more of the grocery store footprint is dedicated to 
more ready to eat meals. Um, for HEB locally, that's meal simple. Um, and it's trying to make sure that families in this fast paced economy have access to good healthy food that tastes great, that's convenient. Um, and when I think about the families we feed, many of them are in that same economy. They're struggling to keep up, they don't have time, they're looking for convenience. And unfortunately, because of income, they just can't afford those healthier options. So they tend to, to drive to the, to the drive-throughs, to the dollar menus, and those um, are tasty treats for every once in a while, but again, should be consumed in moderation. And you know, the food bank is committed to nourishment. And so we know we can provide nourishment through healthier meals. And so this culinary center will give us the ability to produce about 50,000 meals a day. Um, that's tremendous in our production capability. It also gives us a place for nutrition education and culinary training. And so, boy, that asset, having that here in San Antonio is gonna be a, a true champion of food security. Um, if we have another um, pandemic outbreak, our ability to get meals to those that are most vulnerable, like our seniors, our children, it also gives us the ability if in times of a, of a natural disaster like a hurricane, I hope that this summer and fall doesn't bring a hurricane to the Gulf Coast. I've been talking to our emergency management guys and they say it's, it's likely um, if we were to have another Hurricane Harvey in this environment where we're still suffering from COVID-19, I know we're gonna need our culinary kitchen to provide meals at shelters and other locations that are providing shelter to disaster victims that might also be suffering from the virus. And so our city's gotta be wide-eyed and ready for anything that might potentially come at us um, in the weeks and months to come. And is that an initiative that only the San Antonio Food Bank has or are there other food banks across the state that have it. Yeah, so many of the larger food banks in the state have a kitchen where they might be preparing meals. And um, we also have our kitchen and our facility here at um, the main warehouse. But the kitchen that we have in our warehouse, we built about 13 years ago. And uh, you know, you fast forward and it's, it's well beyond its capacity. And so this new facility is actually 60,000 square feet. It, it brings in several programming um, aspects, which also includes the processing of wild game. Um, and so there's a lot going on in that new facility, which will open the first quarter of 2021. Um, so we can't wait to bring that online. Like I said, construction's going smooth. Um, the construction industry in San Antonio is an essential service also, and so there wasn't any disruption. Of course, we're worried about how we're gonna pay for it. We've still got some fundraising to do, and this COVID-19 crisis has created some, some, some wins in some areas and maybe some losses in other areas when it comes to capital campaign fundraising, but we hope that the city will be mindful and help us complete that project, and I think it's gonna be a great asset in the fight against hunger. What are some things that you all need, even statewide, and would encourage businesses to do across the state? 
Yeah, so the, the four things that every food bank across the state of Texas need um, to be able to fulfill their mission of really fighting hunger and feeding hope is to donate food. And so that whole supply chain from farmers and growers to food processors, food manufacturers, wholesalers, uh, great grocery retailers like HEB, restaurants, hotels, caterers, um, residents through food drives. I mean, there's so many places where food is coming available and anyone in the food industry, if you're listening right now and you have a restaurant or maybe you're a manufacturer and you produce a product and you think, boy, sometimes we have product that's edible for human consumption, but not going to be sold Think of your local food bank. Make that donation of food. We usually pick up um, or you can drop off depending on the volume um, and really make it easy for you to get a tax receipt. Um, make sure your product gets to those in need. And, um, you know, we prevent waste. Sometimes food ends up in the landfill because people don't know about how to donate it. So reach out to your local food bank and we're happy to pick up your food. Second is time. You know, we desperately need volunteers and many food banks have lots going on with their warehouses where volunteers are packing boxes or um, helping to, you know, get food ready for distribution. Uh, those food banks that have kitchens, there's opportunities to make meals for us here in San Antonio, our farm and garden. You can help us grow crops and, and harvest them. Um, and so there's always a need for volunteers. Financially is another way people can support their local food banks and we're all known for our ability to leverage a dollar. And so please think about an investment in your local food bank. And lastly, it's just raising your voice. Um, you know, when I think of business journals across the state, you all are a voice to the business community. You share what's happening, what's trending, and for those that are learning about the work that food banks do, sharing that message, sharing this podcast, you know, helping people understand the need and where they can give support, always educating elected officials on good policy that helps families in our communities and for the believers offering some prayer and prayer goes a long way in easing the burdens of those that are struggling so between food time money and voice there's a lot that listeners can do to help their local food bank and there's always a place at our table for fighting hunger and just to remind our listeners for every dollar that you donate it's how much how much is does yeah, it return so, back? <laughs> so for us in San Antonio, one dollar equals seven meals or ten pounds or roughly thirteen dollars worth of food. So when people ask me, what's the best thing to donate? Should I get a canned good or a dollar? Well, we can leverage a dollar. Uh, a canned good we need also, but we it's tough to leverage the canned good um, 13 times or seven times. And so, um, you know, each food bank has a little bit of a different efficiency across the state. We are so proud of our team and how hard they work to create those efficiencies. And um, most food banks are running on very small overhead uh, and I know for all listeners, you'd just be proud of the work that they're doing and they um, always need support. Um, hunger doesn't know a disaster or a holiday. It, it knows them all, right? It, it just, 
it, uh, it, it's going to be a need for, for many people in our communities and our ability to have the resources to meet that demand is really reliant on, on local communities. And so I couldn't be any more proud to be a resident of San Antonio as I have watched our community step up big time in this COVID-19 crisis. All right, Eric. Well, unless there's anything else you'd like to add. I would be remiss if I didn't just extend to San Antonio and the state of Texas a huge heartfelt thank you um, from all of us in San Antonio. Muchas gracias. We have been so blessed from the generosity of our community. For those that we serve, it's been a privilege to load their trunks, to provide them meals, to help them in this time of need. I thank those that have come to us for help, for having the courage to reach out, the courage to come forward, and giving us as a community the opportunity to meet their basic need. But there are so many across our great state of Texas who have truly been heroes working on the front lines, whether in healthcare or law enforcement, school teachers. There's so many heroes that have stepped up in the COVID-19 crisis and to all of them, God bless you. Cooper, President and CEO of the San Antonio Food Bank, for joining us. And thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals, and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.